Here we go. Here we go again. Initiating sequence. Welcome. Last episode, we looked at the reasons why people walk away from a faith using an article online where people wrote in and said their reasons why they no longer believe in God. So I hope that's been helpful. I wanted to devote this episode to a question that many atheists and believers are troubled by. And that question is this What about those? who have never actually heard of God. I mean, it sounds really unfair that somebody could be born into some village where there has been no missionaries, there's been no mention of Jesus, and this person has been raised up and been good and then gets to go to hell. Well, that's kind of a misrepresentation. Have you ever heard the saying that, Why do bad things always happen to good people? Well, that only happened once. Happened once because Jesus was the only good person. Good by God's standard means perfect. And in order to have perfection, you can't ever sin. The problem is that as humans, all of us sin, even the best of us sin. And that's a problem because we could say, well, we're just being human and we ask for forgiveness. But like the judge's analogy I gave in one of the early episodes, there must be an accountability. There must be a form of justice. And simply by doing something wrong and then saying sorry shows that there is no actual justice. There must be some sort of payment. And the easiest way to demonstrate this is just take it to the extreme. Why is it okay if somebody is a mass murderer and then feels sorry and says he apologizes, does that make it right? Does that bring back the dead people or does that help the families who are grieving from this monster who's done all these awful things? Obviously not. And in order for love to take place, there must be justice. And that is essentially what the doctrine of hell is all about. It's about giving justice. Now, if you're following me so far, then you must realize that if we've sinned, all of us have sinned, then we all deserve justice. We all deserve punishment. And God has reserved a special place for that. And that is away from him. So if God is good and you're away from him, then you have no goodness in your life. And that is what I understand hell to be. You take away all of the loving, good qualities that there is. You take away love, kindness, patience, friendships, all of the wonderful things and just replace it with the absence of that. Just as there is no darkness where there is light, there is no goodness without God. So the short of it is that God saves us by grace. It's not something that we deserve. It's not something that we can work towards, and it's actually very different from the public misconception about Christianity that being a Christian is all about being a good person. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's all about that we are all bad people. 
that we do bad things and that we need to be saved and we humble ourselves and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. In order for justice to take place, he took our place of suffering on the cross. And therefore, if we accept him as our Savior, we are seen as being clean in God's eyes. And the fact that he died such a horrible death on the cross also compels us to understand how much he loves us, so much that he would suffer for us. Much like a loving father or mother, who would put themselves in harm's way in order to save their children. But we have free will, so we can choose to accept or decline this gift of grace. Okay! So you and I are blessed because we get to know this message through special revelation, as in through the scriptures, which we've done past episodes on, talking about the reliability of them. Back to the original point of this episode, what about those who have never heard about Jesus or God? Well, in order to answer this, we don't have to philosophize or even use logic. We just have to look back at Paul and see what he wrote in the letter to the Romans. Chapter 1, verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So this verse is pretty explicit in helping to answer the question. It says that since creation, God's invisible qualities, so things that we can't measure through science. So again, if an atheist tries to say there's no evidence for God because you can't scientifically prove it, it's a category error, kind of like you can't historically prove something from history. These invisible qualities are his eternal power and divine nature. But how do we see this? Well, simply from being understood from what has been made. And if you think about it, it's kind of intuitive. A builder makes buildings, a tailor makes clothes, a chef makes delicious meals, and a god makes a universe. So people are without excuse. So this is directly from Paul, the author of 28% of the New Testament. The same Paul who was going around killing Christians, met Jesus and lost his eyesight, gained it later, and then changed his whole life to suffer immensely for God. So if you believe in the Bible, then we can believe that those who have not heard about God explicitly understand at least implicitly that the world had a creator and that creator was God. Let's look further at the book of Romans, starting with Romans chapter 2, verse 15 and 16 which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Unpacking this, it shows that we all have the law written on our hearts and we have our conscience that bears witness. This is general revelation. Furthermore, this accuses the individual of what they're doing, that it's wrong. Or we can all justify it. 
we can excuse it. We can say it's just, we're all human. It doesn't matter that much. The reason I included verse 16 is that that's the verse where it says, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. Essentially, that's showing that judgment, eternal punishment, hell, is only reserved for those who excuse their thoughts, not actually addressing them, not actually having the conviction to turn their back on sin, to seek forgiveness and plead for mercy and grace. I believe that such individuals would have access to the benefits from the atoning salvation given by the blood of Jesus Christ who died on the cross, just as the multitudes of people in the Old Testament who have never heard of Jesus Christ by name would also receive sanctification regardless of the fact that they have never heard of Jesus. Now that being said, people being saved by general revelation, it would appear, would be the exception rather than the rule because we're told that people love sin and we can see that and people create gods in their own image and go off and spend their lives doing everything they can to avoid accountability with the Creator. And certainly there have been reports of those who have taken this step, that have realized that God is something that is beyond them, that is so amazing, and in their search they have had dreams about meeting Jesus. And this speaks to a very large amount of Muslims who have left Islam and instead chosen to follow Christianity. To conclude, if God's nature is goodness, as is determined in answering the Euthyphro dilemma, then we understand that God will be fair because fairness is a part of goodness. And in God's fairness, love, justice and goodness, it seems to me that it would be against his very nature to send people to hell for arbitrary reasons, such as simply not being born in the right place at the right time. Now this, of course, is a strong reason why Christian ministry is so important, why missionaries are so important, why everybody, including youth listening right now, can do a hundred things to increase the chance that other people can learn to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. So it's my hope and prayer that this podcast will equip you in some way in order to help you to fulfill that role. And this extends to your enemies. Even from the book of Matthew, we have Jesus saying that instead of loving your neighbor and hating your enemy, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that they may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. This is not only another verse talking to general revelation, but it's also another directive. And I think it's only once you learn to have love for your enemy, you can develop an appreciation for part of God's position in that he has to love those who continually sin because we all continually sin. So I'm going to leave it there today. 
And to finish out the episode, I'm just going to run Psalms chapter 9, verses 1 to 6, where it talks about the general revelation from the Old Testament, and that the heavens declare the glory of God. Psalm 19 To the chief musician, a psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof.